Last week we started this series reminding us of these five questions to live by as we evaluate how we're doing, living out our relationship with God. And we've been... uh, we talked about how we're connected to, uh, we're the branches, we're connected to the vine. Again, that whole nature imagery and how the only time, the only way that we can grow is we keep that, uh, that connection together. Um, and so the first question we looked at was, have I met with God today? I don't know, have, hey, well, you don't have to give me a... Uh, um, uh, show of hands, but I hope that you've been asking yourself those questions, uh, that it isn't just a list to check off we talked about, but uh, these are the questions that spur us to action. Uh, as we ask those questions, uh, they will those things that we'll do will help us to grow in our relationship with God, and it's all because we have a purpose, we have a mission, uh, we have a reason to live that God has given us, and it's the same for every person who's following him. Here at our church, we've uh, come up with this cool little phrase, uh, we, we say that we live to love people to life. Uh, I think maybe you guys need to say that with me. One, two, three. We live to love people to life. Okay, now say it like you think you mean it. One, two, three. Yeah, I don't know. Are you feeling it or are you just saying it? I don't know. Anyway, I hope you're feeling it. We live to love people to life. Jesus came to provide abundant life for us, and by abundant I don't mean life that's perfect or easy. Uh, Jesus didn't come in order to make sure that I have an overflowing bank account or that every person in my life is, is easy to get along with and that I feel happy all the time. Abundance is so much deeper than any of those things. As we saw last week, abundance is about a relationship with Jesus, living life connected to him. And so that image of nature continues to ring true. We're branches connected to the vine, connected to Jesus in order to live an abundant life, in order to produce the fruit of, uh, of what it means to follow him, as, in order for people to identify us as children of his and the fruit that we're producing. It's important to stay connected to Jesus. We live in him. He lives in us. Uh, we're that branch connected to the vine, and, and, and we're... Uh, we're doing all that we can to stay connected, and he is living in us, and, and it's kind of like the, the sap that runs through the branch is the, the spirit that moves within us, bringing life and health and producing the fruit. And, and we, we do that, uh, we, we start out doing that by asking ourselves the question, have I met with God today? And we unpacked that last week. If you weren't here with us, all of these uh, things are on the uh, on the the website on the listen tab and love for you to go back and and listen to that. Have I met with God today? The second question in that list is am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Maybe you catch that. Um, We've kind of raised the bar a couple of notches there. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to meet with someone and to maintain a relationship. Have I met with God today? Okay, I can meet with God, but it's quite another thing to trust them completely and to follow their guidance for your life, right? I I mean, I have quite a few friends and even some family members who I have a relationship with, but we don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything. I'm sure you have those relationships too. Uh, I mean, we might hang out for fun or, or uh, for an evening or, or uh, a holiday celebration. We might spend some extended time together, but, but I'm probably not going to take their advice on every little thing in my life because we disagree on some things. 
We pretty much know what to talk about and what not to talk about, right, in order to keep things positive. And, and so we enjoy spending time together, but I wouldn't agree with everything that, that they do or say, and I wouldn't necessarily follow their guidance for my life. I, I can meet with them, I can have a relationship with them, and that's great, but it only goes so far because, because I'm not necessarily in agreement on everything. And yet that's what God wants for us, a committed relationship where we're trusting him and we're following his directions. We're obeying him in everything. Scripture says that that leads to a truly abundant life. So we need to regularly evaluate, am I trusting and obeying God in everything? We can, uh, we can ask that first question, okay, yeah, I read my Bible and I prayed and, and all of that, but, but have I really done what it says? Am I trusting that God knows what he's talking about and am I doing what he says I should do? Last week we read there in John 15 um, all about that vine and the branches in the first eight verses of John 15 and, and Jesus continues in that passage and I want us to, to just pick up where we left off uh, starting in verse nine. Uh, he's, he's emphasizing here that it, it goes a little deeper that uh, more than once he talks about the importance here of obedience. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. You can't really remain in Jesus. You can't make your home in him. As, as we saw uh, in, in the message translation, it says, uh, make your home in me just as I make your home in you. You can't do that without obeying his directions. It's part of the relationship. His life can't flow through you if you're not willing to obey. If you say, okay, God, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to do that, then that kind of puts a block or a stop on that life that's flowing in us. Talking about obedience is kind of difficult for us adults, I think. Usually we relegate that to the realm of, uh, of children obeying their parents, right? But I guess we can put, that, put us in the realm of we're God's children, so we need to obey him. He's our heavenly father. So, so that's, and, and think about it. I mean, we actually obey in life all the time. Just, just one example. Think about driving here today you obeyed the traffic laws right eh, okay yeah some of you maybe more than others right but uh, uh i mean you you stopped at the red lights and you went through the green ones right you yielded to the car who got to the four-way stop first unless they waved you on even though they got there first and i just that just if you ever never that's sorry it's a whole, sorry, I, I need to not go there. Uh, you, you stayed in your lane, you didn't uh, uh, sideswipe anybody, you signaled your turns, uh, you stayed at least close to the speed limit, right? Maybe, yeah, you obeyed the traffic laws. Why did you do that? Well, maybe for a lot of reasons. A few came to my mind as I was thinking through this. First of all, it's the law. You're submitting to the authority that's over you, and so you're, you're obeying because there's this authority over you. Uh, you've done it before, and it seems to work out best if you're following the, uh, the laws and everybody else is following. So it seems to work out best, so I'm just going to keep doing that. Uh, maybe you're one of those rule follower kind of people, and you're just not even going to dream about rebelling against it. You're just going to do it because that's, that's how you are. Uh, or maybe you're afraid of the consequences 
Uh, you don't want to get into trouble, so you don't want to get a ticket. You don't want to go to jail. You don't want to, so you're going to obey those. Uh, and, and then there's probably an element, too, that you trust the people who have studied these things, and they've made the laws. And over time, as people have had cars for a bunch of years now, we've kind of figured out, and the people that are in charge have kind of figured out what works best. And so you're kind of trusting that they know. So if I was to kind of summarize that, I think maybe we could say that as adults, there are two primary reasons why we would obey something or someone. We obey what we're forced to obey, like laws with consequences uh, attached to them, and we obey what or who, whom we trust. And, and I think, if we think back through that list of, of uh, why we obey the traffic laws, uh, I think it's also we, we obey Jesus for a lot of those same reasons. We obey because it's the law. And the Bible says, do this. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. So I'm going to do it because that's just there. I mean, I'm a rule follower. That's just what I do. Or we're afraid of the consequences. Well, I, I better not mess anything up. I want to avoid going to hell. And I don't want God to be mad at me. And so I'm going to do this because I'm afraid of the consequences. We obey Jesus because in our experience things seem to work out best that way. Maybe you, for you or for others that you've seen and so you do it. And, and then I think we obey because we trust the one who's giving the directions in the first place. Again, we obey Jesus either uh, because we're, we feel like we're forced to, the law, enforcement of the law, or we obey him because we trust him. All of that is, is valid, but the key has to be that, uh, that trust, right? We should be obeying God because we trust him, even more than uh, being afraid of the consequences. Eh, there might be consequences for, for not obeying. Obviously, sin has consequences, but ultimately, if we trust God completely, we'll do what he says. Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? But trust is hard, Right? You've been let down before. Uh, life is complicated and difficult. And God, I mean, does he really even know what he's doing? Or does he really even know what's going on in my life? Does he even care about what's going on in my life? Does he really have my best interest at heart? And those are things that we have to nail down before we move on to the, uh, this, this trusting and obeying God and everything. Uh, in order for us to really obey God and everything, we have to believe deep in our hearts. We have to trust with all of our heart that he loves us and that he wants what's best for us. Or else we won't step into this next step of our relationship with God in, in obeying him in everything because we don't trust him. We... When we can nail that down, when we recognize that, that he loves us completely and he has what's best, wants what's best for us, then we can move beyond just a rule-following kind of obedience into, into an obedience based on love and trust. I, I love Romans 8.31. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, Psalm 56.9 says, this I know, God is for me. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then John 15, where we just read, it puts it all in the context of God's love for us, right? And, and our love for him, since he loves us, since he only wants what's best for us. It makes all the sense in the world that we would trust him and do what he says. But we've got to nail that down first. Do I really trust him? If I don't really trust him, I'm probably not going to do the second half of that question and obey him in everything. 
Now, I, I, I want you to recognize, I want you to, to notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God's commands or directions are always going to make sense. I'm not saying that, that everything will work out exactly as you think it should work out. I'm not saying that you and I get to choose what the, the fruit of our lives look like. I'm, I'm in, in asking, am I trusting and obeying God in everything? It means that we're submitting to God's loving authority in our lives. That he knows what he's doing because he loves me, because he's for me. And so uh, I, I know that it won't always make sense, but I'm going to submit. We sang about submission and, and consecration and surrender today. All of those themes are, are vitally important because uh, it, we've got to trust God and let that spur us on to do what he says. Uh, the, the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is a uh, treasure trove of wisdom and, uh, and, and knowledge for our lives. In fact, uh, this summer I think we're going to um, gonna go through a series based on several passages in, in Proverbs. I think I'm going to call it Foolproofing Your Life. So just put that in the back of your mind, and uh, that's coming up uh, this, this summer when there's no more snow on the ground. But uh, uh, most of the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, who was the wisest person who ever lived, and uh, we would do well to spend time in Proverbs. You read through those things. Some people, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Some people read a, a chapter a day, finish it in a month, and then they start back over again the next, next month. Uh, do that, uh, do uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it would be a great thing for you to fill your life life with wisdom of the book of Proverbs. And there's an important couple of verses nestled into the third chapter of Proverbs that, that speak volumes about this whole trusting and obeying stuff. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There's a version of it actually printed over the coffee pot out there at Cafe Naz. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, maybe you're like me and uh, early on in life you, uh, you memorize those, uh, those couple of verses uh, I mean, these are two of the top ten, maybe the top five verses of important scriptures that we need to live by. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's the, the, the truth contained in these verses that, uh, that really spilled out into us developing this, this second question to live by. Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Other, other translations might say, he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trusting in God won't always make sense. We can't lean on our own understanding. Uh, that's, that's what that means. We're not, we're not thinking through things. Okay, pros and cons, positives and negatives. What do I do here? Well, sometimes that helps, but ultimately we submit to the authority of God and we follow his direction for our life, even if it doesn't make any sense because I'm not gonna lean on, I'm not gonna trust. If we're leaning on something, I'm, gonna, I, I'm leaning on this, I'm trusting that it's gonna hold me. Uh, if I'm not gonna lean on or have the thing that I'm trusting my life to be my own understanding. I don't know about you, but my own understanding has led me some pretty uh, crazy places sometimes. Uh, my own understanding has betrayed me more than once. This says we can't lean on our own understanding. We're leaning on God. We're trusting in him with all of our heart. As we submit to him, as we lean on him, as we put all of our weight on him, he will direct our paths. 
That means that it's not going to make sense. I mean, that's what trust and faith are all about, right? It doesn't quite all make sense, but we're going to trust God anyway. We rely on him and not on how I might understand things. God's wisdom is so far beyond us, but as we submit to him, as we trust him and his ways, he will direct you to the best life imaginable. Your paths will be straight. Trust means that we will obey even when we don't quite see how it's going to work out. We can't rely on our own understanding. Where are you saying, I won't, to Jesus? Because it doesn't seem to make sense. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust him. And then do what he says. Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? I think there are a lot of uh, well-intentioned Christians today who spend a lot of time meeting with God. Question number one, have I met with God today? Uh, they, they read the Bible and, and they're attending services and they're saying their prayers and they're going to classes and groups and all sorts of things. But they're not necessarily obeying God in everything. I'm sure that's not any of us here, but just, you know, those Christians out there somewhere. Uh, Pastor and author Francis Chan uses the illustration in one of his books about uh, parents uh, giving instructions to their kids. And he he, he says, well, if he, if he, uh, that that at one point he, he could tell his son, I need you to clean your room. And then his son might come back later that day and say, hey, dad, I memorized every word that you said about me cleaning my room. And he said, well, that's that's great, son, but, but have you cleaned your room? And uh, he wouldn't want, it, want his son to come back and say, hey, Dad, I, I learned how to say clean your room in Greek and Hebrew. Isn't that awesome? And he said, Yo, you know, I, I, that would be awesome, but uh, have you cleaned your room? Uh, or his son might come back and say, uh, hey, Dad, a little later on, me and some guys from school are, are heading down to Starbucks and we're going to spend some time talking about and, and, and discussing and really getting to the bottom of what we think you meant by cleaning my room. <clears throat> and Pastor Chan says, well, you know, that would, be, that would be great. That's cool and all, but have you cleaned your room? <laughs> I, I, we could spend a whole lot of time meeting with God, but are we doing what he says? Obedience, which, uh, which rises from a loving and trusting relationship, is vital to this living abundantly. Uh, trust is active. Remaining in the vine, staying connected in this relationship with God means that I'm not just hanging out in order to hear his advice that I might consider following if maybe it makes sense for me. It means that we're committed to obeying what he says. And that means that if something is sinful, I'll avoid it. I'll stop. Won't do it anymore. Because God says in his word that it's sinful. So maybe we're uh, just, uh, uh, you know, to play it out a little bit, maybe we're sitting there, we're, we're meeting with God. The pastor said that I needed to meet with God and he threw these uh, cards out and, and after I ducked, then I picked one up and I read through and at first have I met with God today and so I, I'm opening my Bible and I'm praying and, and as I read through, there's something there that that's kind of jumps out at me and says, hey, you're doing that and, and this says I shouldn't be doing that. And so that means that if I'm trusting and obeying God in everything that I'm going to stop doing what the Bible says is wrong or I'm going to start doing what the Bible says is right 
even if everyone else is doing it, even if, even if it's a, a complete shift from what I'm used to, I've got to stop sinning. I'm going to avoid the things that are sinful. If, if I'm not willing to do that, then it puts a, a huge stop on this relationship with God thing. It puts up a block in this connected to the vine thing, and we won't experience the life of the Spirit within us because we're not willing to stop sinning. Are there habits or behavior in your life that if you were really trusting Jesus, you know they need to change? Trusting and obeying God in everything will always mean saying no to sin. We could spend uh, the rest of the day talking about different sins and, and all those, those certain things. And, uh, but, but I think, I think if, you're, if you're meeting with God and you're, you're walking in this journey with him, I think you already know if he's speaking to you about some things that need to change. Maybe, maybe he's leading you to do some, some good thing. Uh, maybe a, a good deed for someone, to, for lack of a better term, or, or maybe a ser- to serve in an area of ministry, and you've kind of backed off, and oh, I don't really want to do that. Uh, trusting and obeying means stepping out and doing it, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's a little weird, even if whatever, because God is leading the way. Maybe you need to love someone who is less than lovable. Maybe you need to start a conversation that you would normally, in the past, you would avoid. Or maybe you need to ask forgiveness from someone that you've wronged. Or maybe you need to extend forgiveness to someone who's wronged you. Because Jesus' main commands are to love him and to love each other. And so living an abundant life means that you are connected to Jesus so completely that it becomes natural for you to trust him in everything and to do what he says and to live in relationship with him and with others and to to do everything that he is calling you to do. I think this happens uh, in, in stages over time. I think if, if when we come to, to faith and trust in God, if he flooded us with everything that needed to change in our lives, uh, we would be overwhelmed. But I think that, that uh, as he reveals those things to us, in his mercy and in his grace, and we make a step, uh, kind of like the lady in the video, she, that was a, a huge journey. She, from, from I don't trust you at all to I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna fall back and trust, that's great, okay, but it doesn't stop there. Now we're going to go on to the next thing and the next. And, the, and I don't think we ever get to the place where we've arrived. And this is easy and simple, which is why we need to keep asking the question, have I, uh, am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Well, how do, we, how do we know what he wants us to do? How do we know where he wants us to go? How, how do we know how he wants me to live? Uh, well, it goes back to meeting with him, uh, spending time with him, uh, opening the Bible and, and reading what, what scripture says, uh, praying, uh, invest, I guess, uh, investing in your relationship with God. Uh, those first two questions are, are in it. Well, all of them are interrelated, but the first two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, your connection to the vine, your connected connection to Jesus has to be the most important thing in your life. That's where the fruit comes from. That's where life is. If we're investing, if it's not the most important thing in your life, then you're not going to have that abundant life that God provides. Your connection to Jesus has to be the most important thing in your life. More than, well, whatever, fill in the blank. We come up a list with uh, of hundreds of things that people put at the center of their lives. 
God uses us to make a difference in this world. God fills us with the, uh, the, the life uh, and, the, and the power and the, the, the fruit is produced in our lives only as we are trusting and obeying him in everything. Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Only you can answer that question. Uh, you're not going to answer this for somebody else. Um, you probably could. You'd pro- you're, it's probably easier. It's a whole lot easier. Well, they're not trusting and obeying God in everything. I know that. Am I? It's a personal question. Of course it's hard. No, it doesn't always make sense. But it's good and right and leads to the best life possible now and for eternity. Father God, work in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that you would be most important, the most important thing in our lives. That you would be at the center, that everything revolves around you. And so, Lord, today I pray that, that as, we, as we seek you, as we seek your face with all of our hearts, that we would wait on you, that we would rest in you, that we would allow you to do what only you can do in our lives. We submit ourselves to you trust you and it's our deep desire to obey you in everything in Jesus name